This is Utah Survivors Podcast with your host, Brandon and Alex. In the world of true crime TV, we're bringing you the story straight from the survivors. Victims don't become survivors without the help of a community. So every week, we will have a 30-minute interview alternating between a survivor of crime and an organization that helps victims in similar situations. Due to the graphic nature of crime, many of the topics we discuss may be difficult for some listeners. If you are in crisis or triggered by these discussions, please reach out to local and national hotlines listed on our website, utahsurvivors.org. You know, we're not victim advocates, but in a way we are. You know, we're not official right. victim we'll, we'll, we'll go support them, though. You know, we've had victims ask if us or anyone in the community can show up to court with them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like guarantee. how Baca does it. Yes and no. Because Baca um, shows up every time. They and do. unfortunately, we, you know, and unfortunately, we do have other. We yeah, have our we, we have jobs. a family. We yeah. have jobs. But, you know, the community here in Utah, they've been so welcoming and supportive mm-hmm. that, you know, we've had just mutual friends of ours say, yeah, I will come. Like, I'm not an official member of Bikers Against Domestic Violence, but I will be there for you. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, so in addition, kind of, you're kind of like growing a support team. Yes. Even if like they don't have to be bikers, but it's people who are willing to donate their time yes. to support a victim at court mm-hmm. or to support a victim doing something. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But our, but our biggest thing is raising awareness. You know, we, we say this all the time that we celebrate here in Utah domestic violence or not celebrate i guess raise awareness and bring more light <laughs> we to. celebrate domestic <laughs> violence we, we, well, we recognize we recognize it in october yes. yes but just like i mean it's october it's also breast cancer awareness month yeah and i feel like it it, it doesn't get yes it doesn't get the same so attention we really do need to ah, i'm hitting my we do need to change it from we december need, to need, july yeah we need a warm maybe like <laughs> august because you're done with the fourth of july and 24th like yeah. august august is a good month like yeah. you're getting ready to ramp yes. up for the school year like a few so, more weeks of summer so you know our efforts are to try and raise more awareness throughout the entire year mm-hmm. because december is just not an or, December. October. Oh my goodness. You I can't really talk do talk either. Well, you just don't want Domestic Violence Awareness Month to be October. Let's be honest here. Right. Don't want that month. Uh-huh. Um, so it's for us, it really was. It's like, you know what? Natalie was murdered in February. I my incident happened in July. It's not something that we can just talk about one month out of no. the year. And I feel like it really does not get talked about enough no and so and especially i feel like domestic violence because of covid um well not i feel like it did amp up it did because people were stuck in home with their perpetrators yes Yes. trust me i got really busy really fast (laughs) yes and so unfortunately it's just one of those things that we need to be as loud as we can Mm -hmm. and let people know we're here we have our stickers on the back of our vehicles Mm -hmm. and i've actually had people stop me and ask me about it because they know somebody who Mm -hmm. needs us yep i i really need to put a qr code on the back of my you should and when you and when you say loud enough i mean Come on, who's louder than bikers? I know. Seriously. (laughs) No one. Um, And, you know, another thing that we do is when we attend the events, we we attended a candlelight vigil at Murray Park. And when we showed up, there Mm -hmm. were only a couple of people there. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, I came for this. You know, there's, there's nothing. There's no one here. Yeah. 
Um, and I was really sad because they put on a lot of effort. They had a guest speaker who was absolutely amazing in telling her story. And mm-hmm. she, um, she actually had served prison time. And she talked about how being a victim of abuse uh, turned her into somebody who was out for revenge. And she got her revenge. And unfortunately, it landed her in prison. Mm-hmm. And so she told her story about how, like, don't allow... You know, like the fact that if you are a victim, don't allow that to change who you are. Mm -hmm. So we were all standing there. And I think there was probably only one person that was at the candlelight vigil that wasn't a family member of the guest speaker or someone who was putting the candlelight vigil on. I didn't even hear about this. Which one was it? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. uh, South Salt Lake put it on and they had Pictar was there and um, the Rape Recovery Center was there. And was this for the Gabby Petito no, vigil? No, this one was at Murray Park. Um, and so the, the one lady that was there, come to find out the reason she was there was because her victim advocate, who's in, um, who was one of the people putting the event on, told her, I highly recommend you come. You really, you really need to come to this. It's going to be so good for you to be there. And she reluctantly came, and she, I think, had the same kind of um, reaction that I did when she showed up. No one's here. Really? Yeah. Um, But then they introduced her to me, and we made an instant connection. And her and I have been friends ever since then. And, in fact, she was my passenger last weekend on Natalie's ride. Oh, I brought her. They're coming out. The odds are coming out. So it was um, it was just awesome because one of the things that she said she missed the most about her abuser was riding on the back of his motorcycle. And so I I could see out of the corner of my eye, I could see the South Salt Lake victim advocate like. Like, take her on a ride. Get her on your bike. She was pointing at me like, yeah, I need to go talk to her. Yeah. And she was still so fresh out of her situation. She was hurt very badly. Mm -hmm. And she was still very shy, very, you know, closed off. And Mm -hmm. so they brought her over to me. And like, at first, she just looked down and she just looked like she was defeated. And I immediately knew I like her. I, this is somebody that I'm going to take under my wing and mm-hmm. I, she's going to, she's going to do great things. And, um, so we exchanged phone numbers. We, you know, like I made her laugh and we were just Aww. laughing and talking and she reached out to me. Um, she reaches out to me whenever he has, you know, I guess he tried to get released from, from jail and she was scared about that. So mm-hmm. she doesn't have the Vine notifications set up on her phone. Her um, daughter-in-law does. And so she forwards me the screenshots and she's like, I, I'm so scared. I didn't know that he was trying to get out. Um, I'm, I'm really scared that he's actually going to be able to get out and hurt me. Um, the last thing that he told her the night of her incident was, when I get out, I will kill you. Oh. And so she's she's just absolutely terrified of the idea of him ever getting out. And so she messages me. She messages me when she's scared, but she also shares her um, – she celebrates with me. She got her own apartment, and mm. she messaged me and sent me pictures of her new apartment before and after photos of oh, moving cute. in. And, and I made that promise to her that night. I said, you know what? You don't need him – 
for to ride on the back of a motorcycle because I have I happen to have a passenger seat and I'm good with riders or I'm good with passengers. Yeah. Um so you can ride with me anytime you want to. Oh. And she was just overjoyed and I was going to drive my forerunner um in the Love Like Nat rally. Yeah. But something told me I needed to reach out to her because I knew she was coming. And I just, I thought it was going to be way colder. I was like, well, dress warm because we might ride the motorcycle. And I got so many little, <laughs> like, little celebratory gifts. Like emojis <laughs> and emojis. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was so excited <clears throat> about that. And so I was like, I can't let her down. I don't care how cold it is. I'm hopping on the bike and we are riding. Aww. And I'm so glad we did. And we were supposed to have a, a team meeting after the ride. And I was like, well, you know, I might be a while. So you can either ride home with my son or you can hang out with me and ride on the back of the bike home. She's like, oh, no, I'm staying with you. Like, I want the bike. Oh, I'm absolutely riding on the back <laughs> of the bike Sounds like she you. needs her own bike. Yes. yes. Yes, she does. And she's just amazing. Watching her go from, you know, just the terrified person that I met in October mm-hmm. to already being so strong and and having her own place. And um, her victim advocates have been absolutely amazing. But I really think that... Just having someone who I think she feels like she can relate more to me because, mm-hmm. you know, like it. And you've not been like, through that. But you're also not like, my title is this role. And yeah. here is what I'm here to I'm do. I'm not getting paid yeah. to listen to you. Yeah. Like, this I'm, is not my checklist to do for you. Yeah. Yes. I am texting you and I am calling you because <clears throat> I want to be. Yeah. Not because you're a person on my list that I'm getting paid to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. She knows that I absolutely adore her. Mm -hmm. And she knows that that's a genuine care and concern. That's beautiful. So that was a really good It's ironic, you know, how you just beam and glow when you talk about her and seeing her progression as as she's, you know, changed her life Mm -hmm. as a result of domestic violence. Because that's what I got to see with you. Yeah. You know, oh, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say you beam when you hear Seems her. Seems to be going around today. I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and maybe someday she'll be able to help somebody else too. Oh, yeah. she says she said on Saturday, "I'm in this for the long haul. I'm yeah. here." Well, she was looking around at all of the flags on the back of the trucks and all of the motorcycles, and she was like. She must have been an, you know, Natalie must have been really amazing. She she would have loved this. I'm Aww. sure she would have loved this. She must have been a really amazing person. And um, I'm glad you're doing this for her. And I put my arm around her and I said, We're, this is for you too. Mm-hmm. This isn't just for Natalie. You're yeah. a survivor. This yep. is for you too. This is for anyone who's ever suffered from domestic violence. This is all, you know, this is your, this is your party too. Yeah. And so it was that really, I think, really hit her, you know, like, yeah. wow, you're right. This is for me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So. so we usually close with this, like, one question. So you both get to answer it. <laughs> you can flip a coin. Who goes first? <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you were to tell someone who is in a domestic violence relationship out there one thing, what would you tell them? Oh, there's so many things I, I want like, to tell them. I know it's like the price is right sound. Yeah. But that's that the best answer. That, I know. that does lead me to another really short story. Oh, I love stories. Tell <laughs> me more. And what the turning point was for me. Because yeah. for me, it was the fear of the unknown. 
uh-huh. and not knowing what was on the other side of that jump. Um, and I actually, a lady in my neighborhood who just, this woman is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I was crying one day and she asked me what was wrong. And I told her, you know, I'm just really not sure. I'm really scared. And she said, walk with me. Mm-hmm. Come to my come to my house with me. I want to show you something. And she showed me this um, picture of a mountain goat mid-jump suspended in the air between like I mean it was a significant drop from where they jumped and then the other side and it seemed almost impossible Mm -hmm. and she said do you think that that mountain goat thinks about whether or not they're going to make it to the other side or what's on the other side waiting for him when they land Um, she said that picture is a reminder that you should always jump because you are going to make it on the other side Mm -hmm. and the other side's unknown but it's worth jumping for. And that stuck in my mind. And I started looking for that picture. I Googled it. And I'm looking everywhere trying to find out where do I get yeah. this picture to like, remind I need a me. Coffee. Yeah. So I told her um, several years later, after I'd already married my current husband, I told her how her telling me that story and comparing my life to that and just just jump. Mm-hmm. And what's on the other side is unknown, but you don't have any other option but to jump. Yeah. And um, so she actually painted <gasps> a picture that, mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously doesn't look the same because hers is a photograph and mine's a painting. But she painted a picture for me Aww. of pretty much the exact same thing. And I have it hanging up in my office. But That's cool. it just reminds me, anytime I'm afraid of the unknown, because that really is what keeps a lot of people from leaving Uh the unknown on finances the unknown on what are they going to do what are they going to do to me what are they going to do to themselves um and that that unknown is what's scary yeah we get comfortable in the chaos we get comfortable with the abuse because that we we know that it's predictable right it's it's predictable like you know what's going to happen you Mm -hmm. know it's bad you know, and um, you know that this will trigger them. You know that that you can't control this and that's going to lead to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just that picture of that mountain goat. Just cool. just jump and trust that whatever's on the other side is going to be just fine. That's awesome. Yep. It reminds me of the parable of the trapeze. Similar concept of like when you're in the air flying to the next bars when you learn the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I would say for myself. So how are you going to top that, Krista? <laughs> Um, I would say it's really similar because I've I've had this phrase in my head for it's been several weeks now and I don't know who told it to me, but the but the it was saying, me was it you yeah no. okay. I'll take credit thank you yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put your name next to it Thanks. so the saying is no challenge no growth mm. so without challenges you know how how do we become who we are today yeah we, we've all faced different triumphs and challenges and adversity and to me you're not going to be able to grow and blossom into something more into what your worth is capable of unless you challenge yourself challenge yourself to get out challenge yourself to get help mm-hmm. because if not you're you're never going to get out of it you're you're never going to blossom mm-hmm you could be doing that for yourself. You could be doing that for your children. You could be doing it, you know, for your abuser because, you know, with Tanya's stories, 
a lot of her abuse came from alcoholism and illicit drug use. And sometimes that could also help the perpetrator by changing their lifehood because they've lost their family now. They've, you know, lost mm-hmm. the people they love because they made a choice. And as a result, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they couldn't turn away from that. So I like it. And you have the right to blossom, right? Like you deserve to be that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No matter what you've been told, no matter from some people, you know, like for me, it was abuse at home and bullying at school. And I just didn't think that I was worth anything better than what I was getting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I was lucky enough to to have just the right people in my life to make me realize that you are worth more. Yeah. And that's ultimately, if I do nothing else with this organization, if I can be that voice for somebody and be the person that tells them you are worth more. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care, you know, what your childhood was like. I don't, you know, I don't care what bullies have said to you. You are worth more. And you need to put in the effort. You need to put in the work to make that happen for yourself. I like that. Because so. you are, they are worth more. You two are amazing, stepmother and daughter. <laughs> Great well, little that, combo. It'd be, it'd be kind of awkward now. Right. We share too much. I know. <laughs> Gone really close friends, best friends. Best friends. Best friends. <laughs> thank you two for coming on and like sharing the start of the story. And thank you for sharing your stories and being open with us. And we are excited to see motorcycles roaring down the streets of utah absolutely and more chapters opening across the nation i have never seen so many bikers in purple i will say (laughs) it's not very very common no it's it's not not much of a biker uh color i would say i mean even like even pink i see more than the purple so but we're here to change that there you go And I'm just, I'm eternally grateful for Trevor and all of the hard work that he puts into this organization. I definitely feel like I have to put a spotlight on him. He's, um, he's amazing in so many ways. Um, I don't know when that man sleeps. I don't either. I'll be the, (laughs) those people make me exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. He, he cares so much Uh and he's, he's always so quick He sent me that email at 6.30 a.m. Yep. The day after the ride, I think. No, it was on Valentine's Day. Never mind. Yeah. But still. He but just, still. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're, like I said, in Reno, in North Carolina. He he will find a way to help people. And he just has so much passion for what we're doing. And, um, yeah, even when October, the end of October, man, I am burnt out. I bet you don't even we, want to look at your bike. We are all burnt out. I don't like, I absolutely love our group, but I told him this last year, I'm like, look, I'm going MIA in November. You're not going to hear from me. I love you. Yes. You're not going to hear from me. I need a mental break from this for just a minute. And oh my gosh, he, even though he, he was just as exhausted as the rest of us, he was still reaching out to people, reaching out to the service providers, replying to the victims that message our group. And he just has so much love and care for people. And he was, he was, him and Emily were way closer to Natalie than I was. They knew her for several years longer than I did. 
And um, she was the kind of person that she was everybody's best friend. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever met anybody that kind of sort of knew Natalie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody knew her. Everybody that knew her was like, oh, yeah, she was one of my best friends. And so it's really hard for me to kind of pick apart who really was like a childhood best friend versus somebody who may have known her for a few months and And because she was she was that kind of person (laughs) she had so much love you know she was hilarious and she was just um if if you knew her you were her friend yeah she just was an amazing person so um i know that losing her definitely hit trevor and emily harder than um even than me and that it was a very hard thing for me when when I found out that that had happened to her but Trevor's really taken his grief and Trevor and Emily both have really taken their grief of losing her and they don't want anyone to ever have to go through that kind Mm -hmm. of pain they see what her family goes through they see you know what it's done to them and they don't want anybody's family or friends to have to go through that ever again and so Honestly, if someone called Trevor at two o'clock in the morning and needed out, he would absolutely be there. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our our southern support. Chris um, is in Kanab, and he is so amazing. He's been down there helping victims on his own. Oh wow! Um, showing up to incidents while the police are still there to mm-hmm. help these victims, and it just. I feel like our group is just so dedicated to what we do. We talk every day <laughs> and we're, we're like a big family. That's and so amazing. I just, I have to really put a spotlight because Trevor's not good at speaking. I know his email said, I don't do these things. Talk to <laughs> Tanya. Yes. He, he does. He doesn't do good with speaking, but he, his emails, he can, he can email people and he can respond in mess in messenger. Yeah. But when it comes to actually speaking and getting the words out, um, I really wish that he could have been here tonight because he really is the whole reason that we even started as a group, let alone are still together as a group. Mm-hmm. He is definitely the anchor that mm-hmm. keeps us, you know, or I guess not an anchor because he, he keeps us moving. And that's, uh, that's not the right <laughs> word. He's like the motor. He, he, he is. He's yep. the motor on He's, the two-wheeled motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> So a huge thank you to him and to Emily, because I know that it they've dedicated an entire room in their house to us putting shirts together. And Oh, that's so cool. Did you guys buy an iron-on machine type yes, thing? Yes, we have or a screen press. printer. Yeah, and... we have vinyl cutters. Yes. Wow. So oh, they're getting really... fancy on me. <laughs> and the drop-off spot for donations yes. as well, because yes. that's... Uh, Oh, so you guys take donations? We do. Yes, we do oh, take please donations. Tell us about this. Um, not just monetary donations, but any anybody who would like to donate to the shelter, they always need paper towels, toilet mm-hmm. paper, clothes, especially men's clothes. A lot of people forget that men also live in shelter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people just donate women's clothes, women's and children's clothes, mm-hmm. but they have a huge need for men's clothes. Mm-hmm. So men can be victims yep. of DV too. Yes, and toiletries, toiletries as well. 
So we do take donations, not, you know, not just monetary, but physical donations as well. We've recently had the family of a homicide victim reach out to us and donated all of her clothes, bedding. Oh, my gosh. The back of Krista's Jeep was completely (laughs) cram-packed full. That was just the banged stuff as well. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. You know, this family is suffering a loss. And to be able to take what, you know, like, what are they going to do with the clothes? What better place than to donate it to women? Right. So so we do work with the local shelters and, and disperse that to them as well. Um, but then we also keep things on hand for emergencies. You know, if we have a victim that has just left and they have nothing, we want to be able to provide them with something of their own. Totally. I think Trevor and Emily have a whole room full of suitcases. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That were donated. And so we have the idea that if anybody ever reaches out and they need to pack a suitcase with some clothes and take the suitcase and the clothes, then have at it. Then you have the suitcase and the clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. We really need a storage unit. <laughs> you need a warehouse, <laughs> let's be honest. We'll get there With one day. what the pricing of storage units is these days, it's ridiculous. I know. I'm really hoping that we can get one donated to us. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Any point. storage unit companies listening? I know. <laughs> we'll put you on our flyers. <laughs> well, thank you so much for both coming on. I know that... Uh, it can sometimes be hard to talk about this stuff, and but we really enjoyed visiting with you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah. I think we are. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So glad you could join us this week and be with us as this survivor has opened up their heart and story in the hope that it may inspire someone. Information about this week's interview can be found on our website, utahsurvivors.org. Trauma creates change you don't choose. Healing is about creating the change you do choose is supported in part by grant number 18W2025 from the Utah Office for Victims of Crime, awarded by the Office on Violence Against Women. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Office on Violence Against Women, the U.S. Department of Justice, or the Utah Office for Victims of Crime. Our theme song is DNA by Najee featuring Amber Lynn.